The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, the U.S. labor market showed some new signs of resilience today. Private hiring surged, layoffs slowed, and filings for unemployment benefits stayed relatively low. Next, traders will have their eyes on the U.S. employment report for June. We'll get those numbers tomorrow at 8.30 in the morning, Wall Street time. Bloomberg's Michael McKee has a preview. Economists aren't buying the ADP data showing almost half a million jobs created in June, but traders are asking, what if? A Fed rate hike is all but priced in for this month, and expectations are the labor market remains tight enough to be an inflation problem, even if the ADP numbers are overstated. At their June meeting, Fed officials also lowered their unemployment forecast for the year, now anticipating the jobless rate will rise to 4.1%. But the consensus is, after going up in May, unemployment likely fell again in June. Which leaves the final question, what happened with wages? ADP and the market forecast is that earnings growth slipped in June. That would be something the Fed is looking for. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Well, today's Fed speak played right off the economic news of the day. We heard from the head of the Dallas Fed, Lori Logan, who was voicing her concern about inflation still running too hot. And she said that more rate hikes would likely be needed. I remain concerned about whether inflation will return to target in a sustainable and timely way. And I think more restrictive monetary policy will be needed to achieve the FOMC's goals of stable prices and maximum employment. That is the head of the Dallas Fed, Lori Logan. She went on to say it's important for the Fed to follow through on the signal it sent at the June meeting. You might remember last month, forecast from Fed officials showed they're expecting two more rate hikes this year. Now, markets have penciled in one for July, but the market is a little split at this point on whether the Fed will deliver another. Brian. Well, the U.S. is said to have urged Hong Kong banks and institutions to curb exports to Russia. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has the story from Hong Kong. Three U.S. Treasury officials reportedly visited Hong Kong in June. The Nikkei reported the officials asked banks and regulators to help identify U.S. high-tech items being shipped to Russia via Hong Kong. They also asked the banks to strengthen due diligence when dealing with transactions related to items on the U.S. export control list. Representatives who attended are said to be from HSBC, Standard Chartered, and the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. Most of them declined to comment. The meetings took place days before U.S. Secretary Secretary of State Antony Blinken visited China. That's when concern grew in Washington and Europe over China's economic relationship with Russia. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Officials at the European Union are said to be pushing Beijing to narrow the scope of China's export control for two key metals. We have more from Bloomberg's Baniao in Hong Kong. 
The EU wants to ensure that export restrictions are based on security implications and that the restrictions comply with WTO rules. Earlier this week, China announced export curbs on two key metals used in semiconductors and EVs. The EU said it is concerned that China is weaponizing critical materials. China's restrictions came just days after the Dutch government published new controls. Those controls will hinder Chinese companies' access to chip-making equipment. The EU is now assessing the impact of the new Chinese restrictions on industry and business. This would also include what steps to take, if any, to counter the action. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie Al Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Banks, including J.P. Morgan Chase and Goldman Sachs, are lining up around $9.4 billion of debt. It's all to back GTCR's purchase of a majority stake in WorldPay. The story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It'll be the largest buyout financing in over a year. Sources tell Bloomberg the financing will include $8.4 billion of leveraged loans and high-yield bonds, denominated primarily in dollars but also in euros. The private equity firm GTCR agreed to purchase a 55% stake in payment processor WorldPay, the Fidelity National Information Services Unit that handles card payments for global businesses, valuing the company at $18.5 billion. FIS will retain a 45% stake. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg, Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner. Rashad Salama will join us in a few moments. So looking over Janet Yellen's arrival here in China, Doug, uh, she didn't say too much. I was just looking through her, her Twitter feed and basically just saying, happy to be here. It's a good opportunity to, uh, to guard against miscommunication. Uh, once she gets going, I think it will suck a lot of the oxygen out of the news flow. Uh, but we did have these other interesting announcements. John Kerry now mm. visiting China this month. And also this agreement. I heard you chatting about a few moments ago, the EV makers in China, including Tesla, to ditch the price war. It's kind of interesting. You'd think that would be positive, but almost all of these EV makers sold down pretty aggressively here, 2 4 6%. I don't think it's connected to that agreement. It may just be some of the weakness that uh, the weakness in growth we're seeing in China. But it is kind of interesting. It is. And some analysts were saying that the price war initiated by Tesla was a part of uh, the slow growth story that we had in EV sales in uh, so far this year. Many of the major brands, and I'm going to throw on that list, BYD, Neo, Xpeng, Geely, they have struggled, I think, a little bit. At least they did initially when uh, Tesla decided to come in and be a little bit more uh, aggressive in terms of uh, getting uh, sales volume up in China. Yeah, so that'll settle down now, I, I suppose. And it seemed to be pushed by the Chinese side uh, uh, rather than, say, Tesla. And Tesla was the only foreign automaker that was was part of that deal. So that's, uh, that's something we can take a closer look at a little bit later. Uh, the action on Wall Street shows you that in terms of the jobs report tomorrow, uh, investors don't want uh, too strong or too weak. Uh, they'd be happy with something right in the middle, close to expectations. Thank you very much. Let's move on. Yeah, there was an enormous volatility, as we said earlier, in the bond market today. At one point, the two-year was at 512, a 16-year high. That faded. Uh, we ended uh, sub-5% in New York trading. But you're absolutely right. I think it's fair to say we're looking at a 25 basis point rate hike from the Fed uh, later this month. Growing possibility that we're going to see one, perhaps two rate hikes before the end of the year. 
And we've got a funk in the equity markets. Uh, as you mentioned, basically everything down uh, uh, the, the markets on Wall Street, also in Europe, uh, the futures for Asia today. Looks like we're entering into a period where maybe there's a little bit of give back and we'll wait and see what happens with the jobs report. Now it's time for global news. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg saying that it's possible for an agreement next week on Sweden's admission to NATO. Ed Baxter has global news in the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, you're right, Brian. Possible may be the operative word here. After meeting with foreign ministers from Sweden and Turkey today, Stoltenberg says a meeting is set for Monday. Today, we reaffirmed that Sweden's membership is within reach. And that ratification of Sweden's membership does not mean the end of cooperation with Turkey. Far from it, as Finland's continuing engagement here today shows. Now, the summit in Lithuania next week, a meeting involving Turkey's President Recep Erdogan and Sweden's Prime Minister Ulf Christensen. We still have some more work to do, and we are working on that uh, uh, now. We had a meeting today, we will work uh, over the weekend, and then... Uh, I will meet with the Prime Minister uh, and the President uh, on Monday. So not a sure thing, but definite progress. U.S. President Joe Biden has agreed to send cluster munitions to Ukraine. This fulfills a key request from President Volodymyr Zelensky. This will be part of a dual-purpose improved conventional munitions plan to be announced officially tomorrow. Meanwhile, a rare deadly attack on civilians in western Ukraine today. Four people dead. President Zelensky, in a conversation with ABC's Martha Raditz says even more hardware is needed right now. F-16. F-16 or any other equipment that we do need will give us an opportunity to move faster, to save more lives, to stand our ground for a longer time. Yeah, Zelensky, through a translator, says he's very grateful, of course, for all the aid the U.S. and NATO have provided so far. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko says the head of the Wagner Group, Yevgeny Prizoshin, is uh, still in Russia with some of his fighters. He says St. Petersburg this morning, but could have gone to Moscow. Uh, his status and mission are not disclosed. China's President Xi Jinping has told the military command that over oversees the Taiwan Strait to strengthen its drills and boost its capacity to win wars. CCTV reporting she instructed the Army to break new ground for theater command development and war preparedness. The Gateway Tunnel, which will connect New York City to New Jersey, has the final green light today. Senator Chuck Schumer in New York said $6.88 billion. This is the largest ever transportation grant by the federal government and the largest ever single transportation grant to New York. The Gateway will serve hundreds of thousands of people a year. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been kicked out of the Freedom Caucus. The official statement says for some of the things she has done, uh, but tensions really heated up last week after she blew up at fellow member Lauren Boebert, calling her a little, well, a little B-word. How to lose friends and not influence people. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat here in Hong Kong. Our guest is David Kudla, CEO and Chief Investment Strategist at Mainstay Capital Management. David, uh, yields up. It seemed to have a little bit of shock power here, seeing uh, the two-year yield hit to 5% and the, and the, uh, the ten-year hitting 4%. Uh, your thoughts on the action today? Yeah, we, we've had such a good, uh, and good morning, Brian, we've had such a good first half for U.S. stocks and uh, stocks had actually been uh, almost seemed like they were getting complacent to the rise in rates that we've had over the last couple of months. But uh, today, with that ADP number, uh, almost half a million jobs, it's, I think it just reminded investors, reminded the markets that uh, the, the Fed and and Jerome Powell have a long way to go to break the back of labor, which is what they're trying to do to ensure that they can get down to their 2% target. And uh, we've seen labor just continue to remain very, very strong, even after more than a year of rate hikes in the U.S. David, the thing is, is the re- is a recession the price worth paying? Or, on the other hand, is a recession, after years and years of uh, our life support from various bodies, including the Fed, uh, something that the economy really does need? Well, if you, with the yield curve inversion uh, that we've had for so long now, and so steep, uh, every time we've had a yield curve inversion, not even this steep since 1981, we've had a recession to follow. And, and, but that recession keeps moving out, as I've said, the recession that is always six months away. And, and now many are moving it into the first quarter of 2024. So, you know, that recession threat is still there. But if we look at, at the economic data that's coming in, look, you know, the jobs report today alone, and we're going to get non-farm payrolls tomorrow. But uh, we've had jobless claims down. We've had consumer sentiment up. We have housing recovering. We have a resilient economy in the face of this uh, 500 point, uh, 500 basis point uh, increase in the Fed funds rate. So uh, it, it is. It, I think it's thought by many that the Fed will raise rates until they break something, and what that will be is that recession. But uh, right now, we've had a very resilient economy in the face of it. Yeah, it felt like we were kind of setting aside um, Fed fears for a while, uh, and then this happens. Uh, it kind of shows you, I think, that while the rallies that we've seen in the equity markets have kind of been built on, well, yeah, interest rates are up, but look how well the economy is doing. And uh, now you also have this other fear of, well, if it's doing that well, it's going to stoke a lot more action from the Fed. So, I mean, could you even see 6% coming into the picture now for the terminal rate? 
Yeah, unfortunately, uh, there's a, a, a lot higher po- probability of that. And, you know, in all fairness, I'm the one that has said uh, on, on your show that the, the Fed has gone far enough already. And I still think they've gone far enough because we know it takes three to 18 months to feel the full impact of monetary policy on the economy. And, you know, I believe that uh, next week we'll see headline CPI in the U.S. with a three-handle uh, and maybe a low three-handle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Core's been sticky, uh, of course. But, yeah, it's the concern that the economy is resilient. The Fed is going to have to raise more, especially when we're talking about labor, uh, to get unemployment where they want it to be, uh, where they think it needs to be, to achieve a 2% inflation target. That that last one or two percent, that last one and a half percent, that's that's going to be very tough. And uh, I think that's the fear uh, that they go far enough that they do break something. So what does that mean in terms of asset allocation, David? Well, there's it's really for this year, uh, what's worked out very well uh, in in stocks, obviously, is the mega cap stocks, which have been largely unaffected, you know, versus smaller companies that uh, depend more on debt, that mean more interest rates. These large companies just continue to deliver good earnings as well. The mega cap stocks, the Magnificent Seven, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, NVIDIA, Tesla, um, uh, Meta. We've had today Apple and Microsoft both positive in the face of what, what we had going on in market action today. On the other end of that barbell, if you will, is ultra short-term bonds that are providing these high yields. You know, even though the the long-duration bonds are suffering, uh, and you know are suffering over the past couple of months, we look at the short term where we're just looking at that current yield for total return, and uh, you've got a pretty good combination there. Uh, also, some foreign markets we like. Yeah, I'm, there has been a little bit of a push into cyclicals uh, and value. Uh, that didn't happen today. It was a little bit of a rough day. Energy down 2.5%, industrials down three-quarters of a percent. But that's also uh, that's also a way to sort of get away from the Magnificent Seven, right? I mean, are there some areas there you like? It, it is, but the concern is... You know, if if we are if we still think a recession is in the cards, how much uh, how much of a move into cyclicals do you want to make now at this point? So you have to pick your points very carefully. Uh, and there's some some areas that you know will stand will stand stand up better over the coming months than others. But what has worked the best, and I think will continue the mega cap stocks will continue to do well. In June, we saw a resurgence in small cap stocks doing doing quite a bit better. Uh, but it's going to be, I think, very tricky here in the second half of the year, even though we think the market holds up well with a correction and then looking toward that shallow recession in 2024. So is it time to get into emerging market uh, assets here as well? And I'm saying that with China included, and just to add a little bit of another question on top of that, which is uh, what would make China investable and attractive? Yeah, China's tough right now. Uh, You know, we've had the talk about... Uh, Janet, uh, Janet Yellen's trip there, what's to be accomplished. It's good that they're communicating. Uh, but, you know, there's probably relations between China and the U.S. are arguably at the worst ever. Uh, and it, it, there seems to be trouble in making improvement there. And as we talk about de-risking our global supply chains, China looks at that as decoupling. So, you know, we have more of these uh, trade-type wars going on with uh, uh, export bans and so forth. 
uh, it's just not a good environment right now. Uh, in addition to the uh, internal problems that China has, uh, we like Japan and the other Asia markets probably better than China alone right now. Yeah, I, I seem to remember that you uh, had liked Japan. Uh, it's run a lot. At what point do you start to worry about a lot of the gains are in? Well, that's a good question. You know, we're <laughs> it's run all the way back to the high that it was at when uh, I was at Stanford University three decades ago. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time in coming back. Uh, I'm showing my age there. But, the you know, it, it, Japan's just got a lot going for it. it the, the yen has been weak relative to the dollar, so uh, a hedged uh, instrument has worked well, has added to the return. Foreign investment in Japan has brought in $39 billion in the last three months. 370 companies have announced share buybacks, totaling another $32 billion. Uh, there's just and there's just you know huge divergence in monetary policy that continues. Uh, their short-term rate is still negative 0.1 percent, with the Fed and the ECB and other central banks hiking aggressively over the past year. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices, Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Success. It's discipline. It's teamwork. It's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing global wealth management and investment banking firms in the industry. Stiefel, it's where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.